Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so excited that you're here today. We have a special guest today and my friend, Lisa Locke, who she is an amazing watercolorist. And I met her through an art group that we are in together. And she just has the most beautiful style. And she does bookmarks and notebooks. And um, what else do you do, Lisa? Um, Okay, I I do... uh greeting cards and greeting cards, um, yes. yeah the journals and then I have things printed on tea towels and pillows t-shirts and t-shirts um yeah. very so inspiring I, and I think you know springtime everybody should have one of your bookmarks oh, for springtime because oh, they oh, just it spring it just makes you want to read more so oh, you are the bookmark good. woman the, <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's awesome thank you sweet well it's so fun I'm telling you it um I've only been doing this for like four and a half years and I've never ever like painted anything before I wow painting and it was something I truly believe the Lord sort of just um fulfilled a a deep desire in my heart and allowed me to kind of open up this this area of creativity and um I get so much joy out of it I mean I I just, just the whole process just gives me peace and joy. And I'm, I I just um, desire for everyone to have something in their life that they can do that, that, that gives them that place of joy, you know, because it's, it's a, I believe it's something the Lord um, puts in all of us, a, a gift of creativity, no matter, and it comes out in all different ways, but I agree. um, but everybody has it. And if you don't think you have it, I'm telling you, you're wrong. So (laughs) that's a lie. Yeah. It is a lie. You believe in a lie. You have creativity. It's just, um, everyone's heads to think, well, I can't paint, so I'm not creative. Well, good Mm -hmm. Lord. There's so many other ways of being creative. Um, I think even being organized is creative. Like, you know, there's, there's really creative organizational solutions that people come up with. And I'm like, that's super creative. Yes, some people just... Oh, I think we try to put it in a box. We try to put creativity in a box. You know, you could write a poem. You could, you know, some people can organize an event. Uh, There's tons of different... And sometimes it's like woodworking. Some, you know, like building building things. Yes. Or even decorating a space, you know. Yes, decorating your home or, or... It doesn't even necessarily have to be things that you do with your hands because obviously there's musical and... Um, writing and uh, it's kind of like blooming to tie it into the book we're fixing to do the book woman of troublesome creek you take what talents god gave you and you bloom where you're planted exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and she did that oh my goodness and she was in what i call reduced circumstances greatly reduced oh she really was this was just a really fascinating book to read 
Well, I bet that this resonated with you because you were saying that you just felt like you needed to do this. Well, she does the scrapbooks. You remember her making these and creating them for her patrons. Yes. And she had the people in mind Mm -hmm. when she was doing those little scrapbooks. Like what would, what would they need? What would help them? And she was always um, thinking about her, her patrons, her people that she was going. I love that. You know, because her dad was not on board at first. And then, you know, she would just say, I love that the books are growing their little minds. And she would, oh, you know, it was just such a, I'm glad you liked it because it's one of my favorite. Oh, uh, let me let me go ahead and introduce it. You said the title. So it's Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. And this is, it was published in 2019 by Kim Richardson. And it's a book that is, it's historical fiction and it takes place in Kentucky. And in, 19, in 1936. 1936. I had never heard about had, about this, about the historical oh side of this. No, me neither. And I, I, it was just fascinating because why why have we never heard about these these people who who are blue? I mean, yeah, yeah. they're blue skinned people. That it was a rare uh, genetic disorder, but there was a, a lot of them that were in Kentucky at the time. So, but yeah, I had never, never even heard of this. Which came from France. Yes. Yes. Which, which our heroine, her name is Cussie, and that's a town in France where her great-grandfather was from. So, I thought, when I, I was thinking Cussie, I said, I've never heard of anyone named Cussie. No. Cussie Mary. Was, yes. And, and she is stubborn, and her mom and her dad said, "You're going to make me." That's why your name that is at first. You know, he said it. It it's, was funny, but then you find out it was her. And her dad is blue, but nobody can see this much because he works in a coal mine. And in the book, there are extremely um, they experience racism to the highest degree, really, like more so than other races. You know, because yeah. they're even more rare, which is so I, sad. It, it was really reading this book. My heart was breaking for her almost mm. throughout the whole book. I, because first of all, she has the heart of gold. All she uh-huh. she wanted yes. was to help people and care for her people that she went around um, to see, you know, delivering these books to these extremely poor people. Oh, yes. My gosh, they had nothing. And, and and then and some of the people, you know, loved and accepted her, and other people were so unbelievably cruel and horrible. I, I my heart was just breaking the whole time. Yes, I know. Well, I thought that was interesting when um, everybody had their own angle. So I tried to copy down a quote from every person, and oh, yes. uh, it was fun. But because you see, she, is, of course, is my first one that I, I got. But then when you go in and you see her dad and how he struggled with that, and how did he feel when he made her marry uh, a 62 year old mean man? Oh, racist. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, and he beat the tar out of her and everything. But I mean, Elijah Carter, he was a good man. But I think he, he thought, I've got to take care of her because he has, I picture him coughing through the whole book. He's coughing and he, yes. he has the coal miner's lungs and stuff like that. But you have him 
and then you have the doctor he plays a part in it he has but everybody has a different angle but the kids are totally colorblind they don't even see her color and i love that they're colorblind so i saw this as kind of a microcosm of society because you had these people there were some truly wonderful loving people in this in this environment in this little area and town and there were some truly evil evil people that Mm -hmm. were there there were um evil beyond what you could even think of oh yeah yeah evil and 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 then there the racism was so so deep to the point of it didn't even matter eventually when she sort of they kind of found a quote cure and she began to look just like everybody else they didn't care yeah it it was too deep in them she was still in their minds simply because of the color of her skin she was a lesser person and that was elijah carter's quote that i wrote down those that can't see past a folk skin color (laughs) those that can't see past a folk skin color have a hard difference in them and, and wow. I think she thought that that, like you said, when the doc found this um, quote unquote cure, that everything would be all right. But her dad tried to tell her it, it was deeper than that. Right. It was deeper than that. But, you know, and then the same time you have Angeline who said when she grabbed hold of her hand and nobody touched Cussie. So it scared her when Angeline, right. she's 16 year old. She grabbed hold of her hand and she's just so excited to see her. And she said, uh, our hands don't care. These different colors. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love and, that line. And then the other the quote I found from Cussie, she, when, when the, her dad was trying to get her to the doctor and she says, but I ain't ill. I'm just colored different. I cried to Paul. And I ain't any different than the white squirrel we've seen on Thousand Stick Trace that scampers along the red and grays. They're all just squirrels, all the same. And I just thought, that is so true. I mean, like the animals, we color differently, but we're the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a guy in here, you don't meet him till the end, closer to the end, but Mr. Taft, I love him because he, he misses, he said, I miss seeing my Bonnie Picasso. I love that. And he said, my woman always says God saved the best color for his home. And then underneath that, Cussie said she'd never been called fine before. Like he missed her being blue. He was the first almost person that, that she felt like truly accepted her completely as she was and thought she was fantastic, you know, and Mm -hmm. she just couldn't even imagine that someone felt that way. Well, you know, Jackson had said that before, like 20 pages earlier, but she fluffed it off because he said, there's nothing wrong with your color being you nothing wrong with what the good lord gives us in his world cussie mary but she didn't even listen to him no i don't know she didn't have ears to listen i guess (laughs) right but going back on what lisa said about the about the town i think that's interesting because you're right she there's a there's a part in the book where she does she's able to take something but it has it has really bad side effects but she's able to take something 
that does change her skin to look like everybody else, and she looks white. For and temporary time. For, for temporary time. But that's interesting that you point out that people still, that didn't matter. So it's, so it's, it's not oh. necessarily the color. It's the no. problem is in the people that the mind. they, the mindset. They, Almost to the point that they have low self-esteem that they need to to step on others to make themselves yes. feel better. Like there's and something one, internal. Right. And one this, of the most heartbreaking scenes, I think, is when she was trying to um, take the cake to the The scripture club. cake. That's what the I was going to say. Cake. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh. And, the, and she. Heart-wrenching. I, it was heart-wrenching. And the women were horrible to her. And no we we have our group you know they didn't care and and she ended up throwing that whole cake away even though i mean the the material the the food to make it was so precious and and that she hardly had anything and it, oh my gosh my heart was just breaking for her mm-hmm. she was wanting to, to be, be accepted, accepted. that's mm-hmm. all people really want they want love and they want acceptance and she had very little of either of those two things and and you could just see the humanity of her and what all people want and need and when it is rejected how how deep that goes so why do you think they did that why do you think people do that still do that still do that yeah still do that well you know if you read the story about ruby bridges which was a true story she prayed for these people that were throwing stuff at her, calling her names. She was six years old and she prayed for these people uh, as she went through the, that's a mindset. That's a fixed mindset. You know, it's the, like you said, Kate, it's fear. If, if you're not going to be less than me, then it makes me less. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's fear. Which is a lie, you know? So, so basically it comes down to believing a lie is what yes. causes racism. They're believing well, a lot that someone is you know that we aren't all created equal in god's eyes and so mm-hmm. when you don't believe that and you believe the lie of but some of us are at a higher place or is it is it an animal what is this what's that book that says uh all men are created equal but some are more equal than others <laughs> do you know remember uh, that quote in that book um the one but you know i think animal you need the contrast animal, oh, animal, animal farm. farm george orwell's george animal orwell. farm. that's the one so you know it it's like we we have this need to be better that somehow there's always someone that's not as good as we are and then we feel more elevated and better mm-hmm. um because you know but, well, but, there was, but it doesn't make us joyful to feel no. that way. That's what's interesting. Yeah. Well, the joyful people in the story end up being Cussy, Queenie, and R.C. There's some really, like you said earlier, there's a contrast of the, the heinous actions of some people, but the loving and giving actions. But one time, I don't know if you guys caught it. There's something funny in the book. I know there's a lot of sadness, but there's a funny in there. When the doc tells Harriet... She works with Harriet and Eula at the book thing, you know, the library yeah. getting getting yes. ready. And Harriet said something like, oh, you're nothing but an ugly ink blot like that. Well, Doc says, and I figure, you know, Doc's looking over his spectacles and he's, you know, real calmly. He's saying, well, you better be looking at yourself because she was a little overweight. 
He said, you better be looking at yourself or nobody else is going to be look. No men are going to be looking at you or something like that. I said, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did you catch that? I said, wait, way to go, doc. I mean, let's just. Uh, yeah. Finally put these horrible women in their place. Yeah. Oh. Wouldn't even let her use the bathroom. It said no colored. She could clean the bathroom, but she couldn't yeah. use the bathroom. And so she's saying uh, after they say that you're only allowed to clean it, Widow Fraser, and then um, Cussie says it was difficult enough being colored, much less being my odd, ugly color and the last colored of my kind. Somehow folks like Harriet and Eula made it worse, made sure their color, any color, was better than mine. Oh, and that's a good point. That's a really Lisa, good point. Because it said, you know, the other, like, let's say the black population, they had camaraderie. She didn't. That's right. Yeah, she, they had, she had support. She had anyone yeah. that was like her. So. That's a really good point. Was, she was so, you know, we're, as the Bible said, man is not meant to be alone. Okay. So we're meant to have community. Mm-hmm. And because of of her skin color because of who she was and because it was so rare she had very little camaraderie of someone else to understand because um, sometime in the book remember when she gets the letter from queenie that was her first friendship letter and she hugged it yeah she hugged it yeah that made my so heart happy queenie did understand because she was experiencing much of the same um racism of course being a black woman and yet, oh, she was a strong woman. She was overcoming it. She mm-hmm. was really like, I, you know, to heck with well, y'all. You could see that she had so much confidence or she would have never put in an application in to get to the city. To, But she was so honest because her letter said, well, the city doesn't have stars. We still have hunger. I mean, she didn't paint the city as a rosy picture either. Right. And I right. admired her for that because she could have said, mm-hmm. oh, all, everything's hunky-dory here. But she didn't. I think that's a good point about um, Queenie, though, too. Like sometimes, sometimes the things that we that are the the our hardest experiences, like like you said, Queenie was experiencing racism too. But that made her able to empathize um, with Cussie. So I think the same in our lives. Those areas that were difficult that we were able to get through, we're still living through. We're able to use that as a, a tool for good, you know, because right. we're able to see with different glasses. If you've experienced something um, with someone going through something similar. Absolutely. That's, that's what we're supposed to, we're not supposed to waste our stuff, our suffering. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Don't waste your suffering. That's good. Connect it. And when that, that brings us to my favorite character was Henry. I loved Henry and he gave her his prize that he won at the spelling bee. And he said, save it till you feel a mite hungry. And Aww. oh, I loved oh, Henry. He was a little boy, yes, mm-hmm. at school. Yeah, school boy. And he loved Peter Pan. And um, he's what? she. That's why I had to look up the word pellegra because I really didn't know what that meant. Pellegra is a disease caused by lack of the vitamin niacin. Um, symptoms include inflamed skin, diarrhea, dementia, sores in the mouth. And stuff like that. And I think I think back in back in the time it was more serious. I think there's probably easier cures for it now, you know. And you can see uh, in in um, Cussie's dealing with the children again, her heart because when would like the doc was going to bring her food. Well, she was yes. starving too. I mean, she, 
did the food as much, but no, all she wanted to do was take it to the children, give it to those mm-hmm. school children, try to help them overcome their hunger, mm-hmm. you know, and she, anytime she seemed like she got something, she was giving it away. Mm-hmm. And, and that was her heart. Even, you know, she could have been so bitter and so, you know, woe is me. Woe is me. And yet, yeah. All she wanted to do was help other people. And even her paw, when she came in dog tired, what did she do? She boiled his sheets. She took care of him. She, I mean, she's amazing. She really, she really grit. She had oh, grit. So much grit. And I guess we should back up and say this because I, because this is another historical thing that I didn't know. So Cussie, so the, the whole title, the book woman of Troublesome Creek is, is a, it is a historically true uh, part of the book that in the 1935 to 1943 um, during the Great Depression, um, the president Franklin D. Roosevelt at the time put in this uh, program and it's Pack Horse Library Project. And basically uh, people would deliver reading material to the remote people who lived in the hills and, and the Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that, which is really fascinating. I had no clue. Did y'all know that this was even a thing? No. no, not at all. So they were basically a mobile, uh, almost like a, remember the bookmobiles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were, they were the first bookmobiles. <laughs> and it was so dangerous too. Mm. You know, she was encountering snakes. She was, um, it, it Oh, was, and she was attacked once by Frazier's, was, was that his cousin or something? She was attacked. Yeah, yes. It was not an easy Thing to do at all but she was so passionate about it and committed knowing that this was their only source really almost of like entertainment or or education or it, anything was outside of their thing. yes this was their it, their view of outside the world anything outside they they didn't have no what was going on but you, you, you know she's smart when she had that one father that didn't like it. She, he said, all my kids and woman want to do are read, so no more books. And then she gets him to take the Boy Scout book, and then, then they start learning how to fish and learning this stuff. And then he said, okay, well, we can have the Bible, and we can have the Boy Scout book. Yeah. <laughs> so she's smart. She knew she's how smart. to work them. Yeah. Which that's kind of like how you are, Mom. You say that. There's... When you say someone says they don't like to read, you say they're just not reading. They just haven't found the right book. Yeah, so. they need to. Oh, and she so she true. knew she knew how to fit the person with the book. You know, mm-hmm. did you guys find? I thought it was funny that her paw looked down on the WPA, which um, that's what her program was. She got twenty eight dollars a month, which probably was pretty good back then. But did you catch that slang they put? We poke along. And I didn't, I'd never heard it called We Poke Along. So the Kentucky people, they didn't want to be part of the WPA. I think they considered it as a handout. Yeah, pride. Pride. But it really wasn't because she, that was a, she worked hard for that. Oh my goodness. Yes. She worked her tail off. And like the, um, they also considered, they looked down on R.C. Cole, who was the young guy that they hired to be in the tower uh, to, to watch for fires but her her um remember one time she oh and I loved him because she was sick during this treatment that doc was giving her she climbed the 
the six, the 84 steps up there. And she's, a, and he, you know, of course he sees her white and she's always been blue. And he's like, oh, and he goes and gets her some water and some yellow root to chew on. He said, you're going to get, you've got to get better, Miss Cussie and all this. He was just so yeah. kind. Oh, he was, he was. And, uh, it, and the other thing about Cussie with her, with her book thing is when she would go into town to the, um, I guess the, wherever they got the books that she would take. And as she's going through the, the books that she's going to take, she's thinking about her people who would yes. want this. Oh, I want to take this book because, you know, Angelina would love it. And Oh, let me get this magazine because so-and-so would love it. And all she was thinking about was who would enjoy which piece of reading material that she could get and how excited she was and these were all old and donated books that people, I think, what, in Chicago, they, the libraries, they were going to throw them away. Yeah. Yeah, she, in fact, they make a point when that one guy said the Bible and she said, well, we have plenty of those you can keep. It's like the people in the city gave up on God. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. It's, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. It was a wild read. Now, if you read in the back, she said she took liberties because the time is different. Mm -hmm. So the time of the book woman and the time of them coming up with this cure for the metho, blah, blah, blah. It it has a very long name, but the blood disorder that there, there was a big kind of like 40 year span there that she took a liberty and changed it a little bit, which, but it's fiction. So, but I right. love how she 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 took historical things that most people have no idea about, and she she built this story around it. And I think she did a beautiful job. The Kim oh. Richardson like it was really well done. And I would say, won't give anything away, but don't let the heaviness of the beginning of the book keep you from finishing it because it does have a good ending. <laughs> I love the ending. So uh, yeah, don't let don't let the it, all there's a lot of bad stuff that happens initially to Cussie and don't let that stop you from finishing it. And and I saw her progressing in her um she was growing because um all she really wanted was to be like everybody else, right? She wanted to yes. not be blue. But then finally towards the end when she says Blue I am had, enough. I am enough. Blue had yeah. to be enough for me, I vowed. And so she finally, as who she yes. was. And I think and, that is such a lesson we all have to. Well, yes. like today, today we have all these people that said, you know, they were born a boy, but they want to be a girl. They were doing right. all, all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking, no, you needed to be enough the way God made you. Because that's how mm-hmm. he, he made you that way for a specific purpose and reason um you know we're all we're all created for that for and and you know we need to just be who we are and that's what she finally came to which i just thought that was huge that Mm. was really a huge um place in her journey i felt like i think that's a good that's a great point and that's true like and I think that's something that we need to like all take. And that is life changing when we can accept who we are, then, it, then it's like, you, then you can start actually growing, you know? 
And especially things that you can't really change about yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to look at yourself and go, there are certain things I can change about myself. I can change my attitude. I can change um, various things, but I cannot change how tall I am. Mm-hmm. I cannot change my basic um, skin color, I'm small boned yeah. or big boned or my skin color. Um, you, you know, yes, you can sort of change whether your hair is curly or straight, but you're going to fight it your whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just embrace it? If you have mm-hmm. curly hair, embrace your curliness. You know, that's what it's wanting to do. So go with that. And anyway, we all have think- to just. I think that's a great point, especially considering our society is giving us the opposite. So mm-hmm, we're, yes. we're not just having to, to fight that on our own, but we're having to fight ads and all of that are saying, you're not enough. You need to go, go get whatever, you know, plastic surgery done or whatever to, to look different. Like that's well, all around us. Yeah. I just read. That... A... Go ahead. Oh, I just, this goes with your ads. I read that we are bombarded with 4,000 to 5,000 ads a day saying that you're not enough. And here's an itch and this will scratch it. But, you know, when you have an itch and you scratch it, is it ever finished? No, No. you just want to scratch some more. So I'm thinking uh, that, and they quoted the guy who started nylon stockings and it said, love is, you think love looks like this because we wanted to sell nylons. So they show legs. And, wow. But that's not love. That's lust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wh- whereas these people, I like how you say like this was a whole different community, but they didn't have that going on. They were real. Mm-hmm. These struggles were, they're trying to get food. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like you said, she was given all the food Doc gave her to the people. I mean, right. and then she even hurt, she Me felt today. bad throwing her cake in the bushes, you know, uh, right. but that's how hurt she was. Right. Wow. Exactly. It's just amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Kate is right. Don't give up on it. There is sadness, but there's also uh, connections and that, like you said, she has her patrons in mind and, uh, oh, you know, there's a, a lot of depth, a lot well, of depth. And, and I really feel like it's such a good book to really examine yourself because if you were to ask me, are you racist? I would say, well, absolutely not. I am not. And yet I believe deep down, we all have a bit of that in us. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're honest, yes, to really look at what this is doing to another person and, and what that feels like, maybe I haven't experienced myself um, racism overtly, but what's funny <laughs> It's funny for me because I come from a, um, a Hispanic background. Um, my mother was born in Mexico City. My dad was born in Cuba. My grandparents and all my family lived there. But if you were to look at me, you would you would say, "There's no way, you mm-hmm. you, you are not Hispanic." But um, but I am. And and growing up, all my friends would just not believe me. And thought I was, you know, lying or they, they just thought, well, your parent, your family must've been missionaries or whatever. No, (laughs) that's why y'all were in Mexico. And I'm like, no, no, they just live there. Well, why? Well, why do you live in the United States? You you were born here. I mean, it's just the way it is, but it's, so it would be funny because it was like, 
no, you're not. And it's because their image of a Hispanic person mm-hmm. was not who I was. Preconceived. It was preconceived. Yeah. And so you cannot be that. I think you're lying. You know, that's what it would always be. So it's really kind of funny. Um, it was sort of, it was just odd and opposite and nobody really believed my background, but you kind of had the reverse. <laughs> it's like the reverse. I had to convince people. Yeah. I, yes, I am. You know, my mom and dad are bilingual, fluent, you know, anyway. Um, but uh, I can't remember where I was going with it. What? So what I'm saying, this book, it, it, everyone should read it and, and get a taste of true, what, what racism truly is and how, horrible it is we know it's bad but Mm -hmm. when you're seeing it from her point of view and it's this very different very very different because this isn't a race racism or this type what she was that we see at Mm -hmm. all not at all and I think you also could read this to get to know yourself to reveal that you are enough you are enough however you are whatever it is there's always something about Every person, if you ask them, what's something you don't like about yourself? I guarantee you every person has an answer. Hey, Lisa, have you ever thought about doing a bookmark? We could take some kind of symbol from this book and then put that quote on there. I am enough. Bookwoman of Troublesome Creep. What what about doing something like that? Wouldn't that be cool? That would be. Okay, now I need to think about that because that's kind of deep. What would that be? Um, Well, a little symbol, like a stack of books even. Yeah. But, but. And there needs to be something blue in there, like a blue one. I know you like flowers, but um, it, it, it would just be, it would be so cool because that's where, you know, I told Kate that a, a long time ago that we, we got to have an identity and our identity, she did not have that until mm-hmm. she said, and that was on page 223, that I am yeah, enough. I'm then enough. she had an identity. Uh, yes. Yes. That was just a turning point. That was a huge turning point for her. And that's something we all have to, I believe, get to that place. And, you know, some people, it takes them their whole lives to get to a point where they are accepting of who they are and that, you know, God loves us just as we are and, and accepts us with all of our in, imperfections, you know. Mm-hmm. Because we've all got them. We're, nobody is perfect. There's only one man that was on this earth that was ever perfect. And That's none right. of us are it. And we never will be. But. Uh, so your point made me, made me, what you're saying made me think, can we truly accept other people if we don't accept ourselves? So maybe oh, that's, is that oh, kind of what you're yeah. saying? That we're all a little mm-hmm. racist because it, even Why? against ourselves, can we, we can't really accept anybody unless we like truly accept who we are. Well, I mean, and then the we can tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm. If you don't love yourself, it's going to be difficult to love, truly love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so, and that loving yourself is not uh, a, a thing where you're prideful or feeling you're better than. No, me. no, it's no. not that kind of love. I'm so awesomely wonderful. It's more of the acceptance. Mm-hmm. I believe the I am enough love. You know, I am, yes. I, am, I am what God wanted me to be. 
Yes. And there's a purpose and reason and let's go with that and quit trying to be who your neighbor is because they have their journey, but I Mm -hmm. have my journey. And, and that's another point that she let Paul be Paul. Because if you remember when he said, okay, you're going to have to choose deliver books or the treatment because you can't do both. And then she was upset with him. He was upset with her. And then I I wrote this down because it, it, it tells you what a gifted writer Richardson is because later on, I felt his forgiveness in the steady pats to my back. Mm, yeah. So he never okay. said, I'm sorry. He just, she felt his forgiveness. Mm, I said, awesome. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're kind of towards the end of our podcast, but we like to always ask our guests um, kind of what is one book that has impacted you or changed you. And I know there's so many um, that, but maybe one or two that like stand out to you that has been life-changing or super impactful to you, Lisa. Okay. Well, it's funny that um, y'all had, you had talked about forgiveness because this book is all about forgiveness. And um, a lot of people may have seen the recent movie on redeeming love by Francine Mm. Rivers. So Um, good. Oh my goodness. And so, the movie, obviously, the movie is never as good as the book. So I <laughs> highly recommend everyone read the book because it is so much deeper than what the movie portrayed because it is a complete picture of God's forgiveness mm-hmm. of us, no matter how much we run from him, no matter how much we stray, no matter how much baggage we have, no matter how sinful we are, God loves us and is chasing after us and forgives us and that and and that's just such a picture and that book it's just probably right obviously the bible is is the most impactful book but i i i just it's an amazing book about forgiveness and it's a tough book francine rivers if you haven't read her is a Christian author, but she is edgy. She tells it like it is, and she doesn't mm-hmm. hold anything back, and she covers the tough subjects. This is not, there's not easy stuff in this book, but it is deep, mm-hmm. and it's impactful, and I I highly recommend just about every single one of her books. Um, <laughs> yes. We love so Francine Rivers. One, yeah. And the other one is The Hiding Place that I I just that's in our book stack I've read it but I wanted to reread it um and the reason that one too is because I always thought if I were in that position to because of my faith have the possibility of severe persecution and possible death would I still stand up for my for my faith and my belief and my God and I pray that I would, you know, but uh, think about it. Would you do that if someone said they would take your child away from you? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a tough question. But anyway, so that book, huge impact as well doing this with you guys yes you thank you so much for joining us on this and so real quick though let i know people are going to want to connect with you and see your artwork you also do classes too you offer watercolor classes i offer watercolor classes um so i've been doing those out of my home 
um, and I live in Alito in Parker County area. So um, if you've ever wanted to take watercolor classes, um, my email, you can always email me, um, is lisa at lisalockdesigns.com. And there is no E on the end of my name. It's like a lock the door. So <laughs> Lisa Lock Designs. Everybody wants to put an E on it. Um, yes. And my website is lisalockdesigns.com. Perfect. And, and I'll put those put that... in the show notes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, that is a wrap on the book Woman of Troublesome Creek. Haven't <laughs> read it. <laughs> we highly recommend it. A fabulous read. And we'll see you on the next one.